Good afternoon, you are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is Art Then and Now, the show where we talk about art from the past and art from the present to understand how we as humans have expressed ourselves through time. Now, today's interview is absolutely fascinating. I am speaking to singer, songwriter and producer Sabine Moore, aka Waterflower, about creating music with plants. Yes, you heard me correctly guys, with plants plants. It is completely mind-blowing. Waterflower manages to basically use plants and with a lot of clever tech gear in between create some really beautiful music. My eyes were completely opened about the different ways to make music and Waterflower was a complete pleasure to speak to. So without further ado here is Waterflower talking about her new album Bolter Geismer and making music with plants. I am joined by Waterflower on Zoom. Waterflower, how are you? Welcome. Hello. I'm so excited to be talking to you. And I'm talking to you all the way from Latvia as well. So um, that's quite exciting. We're talking on Zoom and currently Waterflower's background is this beautiful wall of flowers, which I feel is very appropriate for your brand. <laughs> yeah, these uh, these flowers are part of a prop I made for uh, the Gashes music video, which was part of the EP that I released before the album uh, that's come out 28th September. This great, this this thing actually has a hole where I can actually stick my head through because I actually did in the music video. I kind of emerged from a wall of flowers. I, I make all the props for my music videos as well. Oh my God. And the set design, so. They, they, the flowers look real. I, I didn't realize that they weren't real until you just told me. We are gonna talk more about how you make your music videos. Your music videos are art in themselves. I think a good place to start then, Waterflower, is if you can describe your practice for the listeners yeah in my projects I put together both my artistic practice and my music practice which is mostly electronic music production but also avant-garde pop Uh, but the visual part is actually really really important and I like the people say that when they come to a live show that's when everything really comes together because I put on a costume and I work with my stage presence. I have lots of plants on stage every time. And uh, I have video projections in the background of my video animations going on. So Waterflower is kind of like this, it's, it's not really theater, part of it is performance art, but in the end it still is like this audio visual music project. You have a very unusual way of creating music, which we're gonna talk about in a second. But I suppose I always like to know a bit of background about the people I'm interviewing and I think it's good for the listeners. So how did you become a musician and an artist as well? I've studied art for 11 years straight, I think. So I went to art high school, like a classical one based on St. Petersburg style painting. And then I studied in the Art Academy of Latvia. I studied visual communication, bachelor and master's. But the thing is that all that time I was also making music in my bedroom. <laughs> so after I finished my bachelor's, then I, in the last year, I think I changed the project's name to Waterflower. And somehow I realized that this is this is the thing I've been doing all along, you know, creating visuals and creating art and music. And it has to come as a package to really be me. Uh, but the actual visual art thing was uh, I wanted to become an animator. 
I was a very creatively active teenager. I had a nice group of friends and uh, we did a lot of creative things together. But then I ended up taking like a ridiculous amount of extra activities outside of school. And one of the things I went to was animation. At that point, I realized that animation is the thing I want to do. Because of that, I went to art school to study animation. I use uh, visual practices to create music. That's so interesting. And then how did you become Waterflower? When did that persona develop? So I actually think it's largely inspired by having to paint classically in school, studying old masterwork, studying these old paintings. And one of the paintings I came across was a painting of Ophelia by Millet. And the Waterflower character is kind of based on that fascination with the Ophelia character because she was kind of young and kind of naive, but emotionally pure and floating on this water. It's like life took her a certain pathway and there was beauty around her, but she was just like an element floating along in it. The name Waterflower is actually inspired by the pre-Raphaelite painting, particularly that one. Oh my goodness. I studied art history and when you're saying that to me now, it makes perfect sense. I can really understand listening to your music, watching the visuals, how that all connects. The pre-Raphaelite paintings are so symbolic as well. There's so much texture to them. I can see how the interwoven textures of story and art and music have really combined for you. Let's, let's talk about the way that you create music because I've never in my life heard of this method of creating music and this is one of the reasons I was so excited to talk to you. So tell us, how does your music come to fruition? So I use plants to create music. I connect little pads to the plants and the pads measure the changes in the water content which then gets translated into MIDI information, so music notes. And I can record that and then pick out what I like and then create a composition out of it. It might sound a little bit random. uh, And I think for a first time plant listener, (laughs) 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 it probably does sound uh, a bit random, but it's actually very interesting to experience it on hand. The plant moves information inside it using water so there are some ways which affect the plant more than others for example the young leaves like touching the young leaves or the heat of the hands also makes it plant sound different or touching the stem or a flower you can actually imagine that it would be important for a plant to to feel when you know a bee touches the flower and so on so it's really fascinating and how different plants really do have different sorts of patterns a lot of editing goes on afterwards as well to make it listenable but it's it's a wonderful tool it really inspires me and and just to clarify for myself as well as for the listeners I think you did a beautiful job of explaining yourself but it's so unusual that I want to make sure we understand it properly so the plants create their own have their own movements in their own ecosystems and you are using the frequencies or creating sound waves using the movement of the plant and it gets transcribed through a machine I suppose yeah it's it's to do with um the conductivity of the water so so the the higher the water content the you know different conductivity it has and it's simply based on an algorithm at uh, midi sprout the makers of the thing i use their choice of algorithm of how the plant reacts that's the technological gear that you're using is that right 
yeah that's one of them that's the most right. interesting one right. i do actually yeah. have some more plant synthesizers uh which work in a more straightforward way where they're just a capacitive synthesizer that i simply attach uh, the synth to some leaves and i can predict always that that leaf will play that note and that's a little bit different so i have a couple methods i can't i don't hope that everyone listening as well is like oh my gosh that is so interesting so because what you're saying is you are literally making sounds from organic things what kind of sounds are we talking about here because we are going to play some of your music at the end but are we talking about pure notes or are we talking about sort of more sound bites like fizzles or rustlings we're actually talking about notes because uh, it's the algorithm that changes the information into notes so the choice of sound texture is then up to me as like the producer producing the plant you can say that the plant performs and I pick what setting <laughs> it performs in and I kind of like that as well in a live setting where I don't actually travel with plants so I always get plants brought to me and I, I always make sure to tell people that they don't need to specifically buy plants they're not going to be destroyed they're going to grow great after the performances and they just bring local plants so I always have this local supporting band I love that I don't know what kind of plants I'm going to get so many different plants that I get to experience do you have a favorite plant that you work with I have loads of avocados at home they grow like crazy <laughs> So I like them because since I've grown them from a seed, they actually react a lot differently. Like I don't even need to touch them. They know from the moment I'm near them with the heat of my hand, they change in sound. And I've been trying to work out how that can be. Like maybe they know I'm going to water them or something. Because <laughs> all, all their lives, all they've known is uh, when a warm hand nears them, and they get, they're going to get some water. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. It just goes to prove that, you know, living things have memory and they have feeling it's so bizarre but then again it's so obvious that that's the case you mentioned that you you know you do live performances let's talk a bit more about that because to me the pressure of performing live with plants that you don't know what they're gonna do seems overwhelming <laughs> so let's talk about your experimentation on stage yeah well because they are so unpredictable I make sure to have a lot of predictability on stage yeah so there are certain parts where I let the plants improvise and I know that you know I'm gonna give give the plants two minutes here two minutes there to do an improv ideally if I could travel with a studio where everything would be pre-set up I mean, that would just be a dream. There is kind of a simplified version that I travel with and perform with. Sometimes things do also like not work and go wrong but I get really really excited about um, experimental technology so mm. I do integrate that in my shows. And I love that you also take local flora and in integrate that as well so that becomes a kind of really nice way to ground the performance too in in wherever you're performing that's really nice. Well let's talk about experimentation in your music because I know you obviously you experiment on stage how important is experimentation as a general theme? in what you do I love experimenting to me like I, I live with the idea that everything was once an experiment yeah I just enjoy enjoy starting every single song as a new blank page something happens and if I like it I save it and my work method mostly really is about when I'm feeling it I collect up lots of information starting song structures or plant recordings and things like that then later I, I revisit the tracks again and again each time adding a little bit more I like that you're very open-minded about what you do as well I think that you have such a creative mind and that's really 
um, a wonderful thing and you're embracing that in allowing yourself to experiment and not being afraid to experiment, which I think can sometimes be quite stifling for creatives. You know, experimentation is like free fall, isn't it? Really? You don't know what's going to happen. Um, it's true. But I think that it takes quite a lot of skill to make an experiment work. And I think that's the hard work part. And maybe that is, I think it's kind of a misconception that experimental music is just like you do something and it's out there and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think really what makes it a finished body of work is like the work you put into it after and the knowledge you have to make the experiment actually be something you can present to someone else. I think that's a really nice way to describe it. You have beautifully described your persona Waterflower. And again, I think listeners will have to listen to your music and see what we're talking about when we when we say your persona, because it's like an alter ego. It's kind of very extrovert. It's very unusual in appearance, but very beautiful. But I also know that you use your music as a way to express gender identity so I'd love to talk a little bit about your persona and the way that you express yourself in that way as well yeah like the waterflower project somehow it just became flowerier and flowerier (laughs) every year which is in connection to that original Ophelia character that was at the background of that but it's also about giving Ophelia a a voice and you know what what would have happened if you know when Ophelia floated down the river we don't really know what happened next you know what what if she got out and started a new life but actually it's only been in the past year I've really really realized that Waterflower is like an exploration of hyper femininity and uh, my feminine side because like day to day I I don't actually act or dress or see myself as such a hyper feminine person but I do do really enjoy being this waterflower character but yeah um, a year ago I did my first drag king performance which suddenly made me realize when I put myself in a totally masculine character how feminine waterflower really is and that femininity is one of the main things inside of it partially it's also to do with being a woman making music in a small country like Latvia when I started making music there were no other young women doing it like there was no scene and even now there's like a handful of people only doing it so it's great there is but I didn't really have anyone to talk about or anyone to create it with and I tried reaching out to some guys and they had a totally different idea of uh, what music production should sound like and uh, so I just ended up doing it on my own so I think there's a bit of that rebel aspect in there if there are so many guys making guy electronic music out here then I wanted to put myself as this high feminine character I'm so interested in what you're saying and respectful of what you're saying as well and I think that I feel like we all have these different shades of gender identity and I think that it's really wonderful to be able to experiment with that and to to show a one side one facet of your personality of your persona of who you are it's, I think it's it's almost like a hyper expression of dressing yourself every morning you know sometimes I like to go out of the house in jeans and a t-shirt and a hoodie and sometimes I like to go out in a dress tights and heels and I like to play with how I express myself and yeah no it's exactly like that and you know we all have different levels of femininity and masculinity in us Mm -hmm. and it can differ by week by day by year there's like so many different things that creates it Mm -hmm. and 
I, I really think that's a good thing. And I really don't think anyone should have to pick sides. I mean, if they want to, that's also great. Now let's talk about your new album, which is called Volta Geisma, which came out in September. Can you talk us through the creative process of making this album? Yeah, I'm really proud I did it because it's the first time I've gone and made a full length studio album. All these songs, they were, they were the ones I was performing with uh, in the last five years and touring a lot around with. So I've also shown people like unfinished versions on stage many times and then gone and updated them mm. and I feel like the whole album it kind of also encompasses that traveling aspect in it and when I went to the studio it was kind of like to get them down and be finished uh, so the songs are finished now <laughs> and how does it how does the creative process work from going from the conception of an idea to actually having it as a finished record what's that process like for you in, in creating the music uh, Wow, it's it's just it's a trip <laughs> it, because it's it's um it's a lot of lot of work, lot of reflection as well because uh, each song has like a very clear underlining message which I'm very sure about when I'm making it and I kind of shape it and define it more yeah. kind of like make it clearer underline the most important things and an important aspect of creating this album was actually finding the right person to record it with because um, there's this one uh, recording studio in Latvia, which is a little bit legendary, I guess. The guy's like a, he, he used to, you know, be into punk music and recorded lots of punk bands in his small town. Um, well, I guess it's, it's small for from a, a UK point of view for here. It doesn't actually feel that small. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, at some point he he managed to get some awards um, and then suddenly everyone was recording with him. So the recording with him means going and staying the weekend there and staying, you know, at his place and where there's nothing else really going on and just making music for 10 hours a day, both days. And it's, it's so good. It's like, it's like proper workshop. And I really couldn't have done it without his support as well, because he was he was really into it the whole time. What a nice kind of collaboration, what a nice partnership to have had. That's really important, I think, in, in any creative project, is having support of someone else that can help you make it happen, right? Yeah, like, like still, uh, like... I would edit all my own vocals and I made sure the songs were, you know, near ready when I brought them to him as well. And I think that was also kind of the reason we got along because he understood that I wasn't, you know, asking him to do everything for me, but I just needed him to finish it. <laughs> yeah, refine it for you. Absolutely. Let's talk about your, your new single, Find It, which we are going to play at the end of this interview. <laughs> I love this song. This is your most recent uh, single. Can we can we talk about the ideas behind the song Find It? Yeah, Find It. Um, it was actually the first song I wrote when I wanted to do a proper pop structure. Because um, at some point I decided, like, that's it. I've been doing experimental stuff for so long. Let's try and actually make a pop structure song. And uh, there's this one performance of Madonna doing a Vogue for MTV in the 80s um, and uh, she's got this Baroque outfit on and background dancers and that that one 
live. I mean, it was like live performance of the song inspired me so much. And then I wrote Find It. And uh, the theme of the song is about finding like your your true self or your most authentic self. Mm -hmm. And like the authentic self is the thing that makes you most happy about yourself. Mm -hmm. So the lyrics include um, words like dare to be different because, you know, I totally understand that everybody's happy self and, you know, authentic self could be something very different. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was looking for a, a director to work with for the music video. And um, I was recommended Lima Grasnovich, who is uh, actually the programmer for the Viva um, Soundness uh, International Film Festival. And so we sat down and had a coffee together and many coffee sessions later, she, she came up with this concept that the music video should include the alter ego of my alter ego. Um, <laughs> so the music video features me being Waterflower, but it also features this other character. I mean, you could say it's kind of like a drag queen character, but it's actually my old animation teacher um (laughs) who is a professional actor as well not just an animator so he agreed to be this character and uh, express his self as well in this way and then the 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 diamond that i'm holding it kind of symbolizes a glass prism something that breaks the white light into its rainbow of colors and i think that's another part of finding one's authentic self is also understanding that it's got all these different parts in it and it's not just one thing so, i love that the spectrum of thank all you. Our personalities yeah thank you so in the end of the music video um these uh, uh snake characters i mean i'm not actually sure what they are in the end like with lima we called them worms and snakes and then all sorts of things but they're supposed to symbolize movement how a person is traveling their whole life and in the end uh one of these moving movement things (laughs) goes into the back of uh, of this character and then he shines like one of these crystals you know with the rainbow spectrum of light so the music video is actually about gender fluidity um but i didn't want to make it like flags everywhere whoa I wanted to be a little bit subtle yeah 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 absolutely and again you have to go and watch this music video Um, I'm going to tell you where you can go and do that in a second but my my one last question to you before I ask where people can go is what do you hope listeners will take from experiencing your artwork your music um so actually I really enjoy challenging um people like once once I've got their attention once they're listening to the song I really like giving them little surprises little musical surprises and sound surprises and it's never boring but what I really hope at the end is that people end up feeling like both awed and feel a bit bizarre out at the same time and maybe to reflect on that like what's the reasons behind that and uh, the album ends really nicely with a really nice song so so <laughs> there is there is a nice surprise at the end as well for those who reach it. And I've heard some nice comments that have actually said that the album songs uh, flow together really well. And I'm so proud of being able to do that, despite the fact they're very different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's- I hope people go on this journey with me and find something for themselves.
I'm endlessly impressed when musicians say that their albums are like a tapestry, like a a journey of all different songs. And and when you listen to an album, often the best albums do fit together as one story. So that's really nice that that people have given you that compliment and is a testament to your talent as well. So congratulations on your album. Thank you. Volta Geisma. And where can listeners go to find out more about you and your music? And of course, listen to your new single, Find It. So um, I have a website, waterflower.lv. It has links to everywhere, but I'm also really active on Instagram at the moment. Um, That's that's my little audiovisual home. Uh, What's your Instagram handle, just so that everyone can... uh, It's the waterflower. But if you search waterflower as one word, I think you'll be able to find it because it is in in the description as well. Yeah, and YouTube, waterflower. Um, It's actually youtube.com slash waterflower. That's that's where you can find all the music videos, including yeah. one with this flower background. <laughs> and find it. You can find find it. We're both dancing to <laughs> to the thought of watching that and listening to the, to the music. Um, right, I'm gonna finish off this interview by playing playing us out to your new single, Find It. Waterflower, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you, thank you Anna. It's it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You that should be addressed Your own version of happiness Find it Some
Once again, that piece of music was made using plants. That's so cool. <laughs> I had never heard of this method before speaking to waterflowers, so consider me impressed. That is so crazy. As we mentioned, waterflowers videos are awesome and so creative, so definitely check them out on social media and YouTube. They are really fantastic. That is unfortunately all we've got time for this week on Art Then and Now, but please tune in next week for an awesome guest. I've got some fantastic guests lined up in the lead up to Christmas. Tune in next week at 3.30 on Resonance 104.4 FM. And until then, as I say every week, wash your hands, wear your masks and look after each other. We're nearly out of lockdown 2.0, guys. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We can do it. See you next week.